Welcome to another podcast by BNP Paribas Wealth Management. I'm Charlotte de Caprosson. Between March 2020 and February 2021, we saw the emergence of an incredible bubble in hyped growth stocks, driven in part by an explosion in retail investor activity in stock trading, boosted by new retail investing apps such as Robinhood. 2021 saw retail investors put the most into stock funds and ETFs in over a decade on the back of this lockdown and post-lockdown momentum. But since February last year, many formerly hot segments of the stock market, largely technology, other high growth or stay-at-home stocks, have declined sharply from bubble tops. Retail investor favourites such as ARK flagship fund, the Innovation ETF, has plummeted by over 50% since February, Peloton by a whopping 80% and Virgin Galactic also massively by 83%. But it is not just recent IPOs or tech stocks that have suffered big falls. The S&P Biotech Index has shed 43% and the Investigate Solar ETF is down at 45% from peak. With retail investors in retreat, are there any opportunities for the patient investor? In today's podcast, we explore this question. Edmund Shing, Global CIO, is my guest to share his views and insights. Hello and welcome. Hello, Charlotte. Edmund, what has provoked this dramatic sell-off in so many areas of technology and growth over the last few months? First of all, Charlotte, we need to set the scene. And the scene was 2021, huge growth in the economies as we recovered from the initial lockdowns, followed by very, very low interest rates. And thirdly, with flow of funds from retail investors into equities and into equity funds reaching a new 10-year high in 2021 as a result of all of them. So you could argue that the situation we had was some overheating in sort of retail favorite stocks because of this massive inflow of money from retail investors. And that's partly because retail investors were quite flush with cash after the lockdowns and after sort of government transfers that we saw particularly in the U.S., Enter this year, the government transfers are finished, first of all. Secondly, inflation has reared its ugly head and has reached very high levels that we haven't seen for at least 20 years, particularly in the US. And we have seen quite a sharp reaction in the bond markets in long-term interest rates. As a result, long-term interest rates have been rising. All of these things together are the obvious explanations for this sell-off in these technology and growth areas. I think another maybe less explained trigger is what you mentioned, the stay-at-home stocks. A lot of the stocks that have underperformed, whether they be Netflix or Peloton or even Amazon, are related to the stay-at-home phenomenon related to lockdowns. And where we are today is at a period where we are probably peaking with the Omicron virus. We are not suffering lockdowns and we're probably moving away from the epidemic phase of COVID to now more endemic phase of COVID where we treat COVID more like other annual viruses like flu, for instance. And I think because of that, the stay-at-home stocks and the stay-at-home theme is underperforming quite dramatically. And that has been very heavily concentrated in these growth and tech areas. So it is no surprise to me that these stocks are seeing the hardest sell-offs right now. And which segments of stock market should investors remain cautious of at present to avoid catching a falling knife? Well, I think we stay with the former retail investor favourites. We're clearly seeing rotation in the markets and the segments of the market, the stock market that are being favoured today are those which respond better in times of high inflation and rising bond yields, namely banks, insurance, oil and mining. Clearly, this suggests that many areas of technology, particularly the overhyped areas, for instance, such as social media, those companies which have ridden high as meme stocks and have become investor favorites, for instance, of the Robinhood investor, 
these are stocks I would remain cautious of for now because there is absolutely no, there's no reason to believe that catching a falling knife will result in investors making gains. And remember, catching a falling knife is trying to buy a stock that has fallen a long way before it stopped falling. And the risk is that it continues to fall for quite a long way. And this is certainly the experience we've seen in past bubbles and busts, such as, of course, in the year 2000. Edmund, is this sell-off a healthy event for financial markets, as long as it doesn't lead to an economic recession, which, of course, occurred after the tech bubble and bust in 2000? In other words, by deflating overheated areas of the stock market today, are we to avoid a similar fate this time, do you think? Well, I certainly hope so, Charlotte. There's no real reason to expect a recession this time around. I think the conditions are quite different. Let's not forget that in the run-up to 2000, first of all, we had not had a recession for over 10 years. In fact, we'd had an enormous bull market for the best part of 10 years, which had been absolutely fantastic for stock market as well as bond market investors. So that was the backdrop. This time around, we have actually come out of a very short, sharp recession driven by COVID and the associated lockdowns in 2020. That wasn't that long ago. That's just over a year ago, in fact. So when you think of it like that, the preconditions for today's run up in growth and tech and now the sort of deflating of these areas is not actually all that much like 2000 because the economic conditions are quite different. And I think secondly, even if the Federal Reserve and other central banks do raise interest rates, they're going to do so extremely gradually because the amount of debt, particularly government debt in the global economic system today is way, way higher than it was back in 2000. And therefore, interest rates cannot be allowed to go too high if governments are going to be able to continue to refinance this massive amount of debt that they've issued. So from that point of view, I think central banks are quite constrained, which is a very different situation to what we saw in 2000. So all in all, I do think it's a very healthy process because it does reduce the risk of triggering an economic recession as a result of this. Secondly, I think this actually means the bull market in stocks can actually therefore go on for longer, even if we see a rotation of sector and market leadership from tech stocks to maybe other segments of the market, which is sort of what we're seeing towards value, towards more cyclical sectors. That's, I think that's quite a healthy phenomenon and suggests that the bull market can go on for quite some time longer, which is reassuring for investors. Which subsectors of technology and which other hard hit sectors appear to hold great long term potential amid this sell off in your view? Well, in this sense, I would come back to one of our five investment themes for 2022, which was about enter the metaverse. And I think the metaverse, which is, a, I know, a concept that a lot of people struggle with, but it's this sort of next era of the internet. I think that still holds a lot of great long-term promise and is still somewhat underexplored at the moment. Now, of course, it may not be just the tech giants of today that dominate the NASDAQ that are going to be the long-term winners from the metaverse. They're certainly going to try, but it's not necessarily going to be the case. But the sub sectors of technology that I would look at today remain areas which will benefit from this emergence of the metaverse, such as video games post the proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft, electronic payments, cybersecurity. I still believe semiconductor production and semiconductor capital equipment are very interesting areas, despite the fact they have suffered some weakness of late, because I do see demand for semiconductor chips continuing to grow almost exponentially over the next few years. As we move towards this next era of the internet, we start to use 5G ultra-fast mobile internet as well, and we see development in artificial intelligence and a spread of the internet of things. So all of these drivers are still there and will drive these sub-segments for me in the next few years. Are there any parallels or conclusions we can draw from the 2000 tech bubble and bust? 
history rhymes, but is never the same. And I think the areas where I think it does rhyme is that we could see this rotation of market leadership in the aftermath of 2000, even with a recession and a bear market. There were some segments of the stock market actually did surprisingly well from 2000 to 2002, the most prominent of which is small cap value. Now, I'll remind you, value as a style has been a horrible place to be for the last 10 years. Secondly, small caps over 2021 actually underperformed the largest companies, which is quite rare. Usually small caps outperform. So I think there is, a again, a historic setup here that as we see rotation out of the tech sector, we could see small cap value, which is starting to perform well, continue to perform well over this year. So I think that rotation into small caps and into value are areas that I would continue to push and favour for this coming year. Emma Shing, thank you very much. Emma Shing is Global CIO of BNP Paribas Wealth Management. And a very big thank you to our audience out there listening to this podcast. Like, share and subscribe to our podcast channel. And to ensure that you receive our audio content every week, please search for BNP Paribas Wealth on the podcast platform of your choice, such as Apple Podcast, Podcast Addict, Spotify or any other podcast provider.